Quality pop music. 24 hours a day. We play the hits. Other stations still have players to play. The one and only English speaking station in Moscow. Okay, folks, we are back live and loud in the studio, of course. And I, I mean, I hope you enjoyed that last week with Alex, Alex Esserov. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I'm going to the back. We, we know each other kind of because of his, uh, he has, well, the exchange of coffee shops and dry cleaners, him just to Dean and Coffee Molico. Um, amazing coffee, amazing. Ca- everything's just natural, tasty, brilliant. Alex, we met quite a number of times. We have a little chat. And he's just fanatical about football. And, of course, we always speak about how to put things to rights. And, I mean, that's what we need to do, folks. And that's what we do on this show. And we, you know, people joke about it. but um, And we joke about it, of course, as well. But we do, you know, want to try and make sports better, make football better. We want to sort of say, what can we do to, you know, that people can enjoy, that kids can enjoy, that we can just basically go and have a bit of fun kicking the ball around or chasing a tennis ball, wherever it may be. Okay, before we go to our foursome... Uh, I will give you updates because there's 17 minutes gone, of course. Uh, Poland, Italy, it is nil-nil. Greece, Moldova, nil-nil. Kosovo, Slovenia, nil-nil. Oh, my God, wait for a goal here. Iceland, Denmark, nil-nil. Spain, Portugal, nil-nil. Northern Ireland, Austria, nil-nil. And a goal! Czech Republic winning 1-0 against Israel in Israel. Uh, Scotland, 0-0 against Slovakia. Russia, 0-0 against Turkey. Oh, my goodness. Serbia, 0-0 against Hungary. If this was American college football, there would be points all over the place. Um, Okay, so, folks, we're going to go now to our callers, and we're going to discuss... um, the situation regarding pay-per-view, okay? It's it's kind of, for me, it's a scourge. I don't like having to pay for a separate event. I don't think it's worth it, honestly. I'd rather go to the event or watch on mainstream TV. That's where I grew up, and I, I just haven't gotten my, my teeth around it or my head around it or my brain, whatever it may be. Um, so we're going to go straight away, and we're going to say hello to everybody. Uh, Isolde, you're there with us? Good evening. Um, Alex B., you're there with us? Oh, yeah. Uh, Andy Mack, you are alive and well? Hanging in the dungeon. (laughs) Upside down or right side up or upside down or which way? Sideways today. Oh, kinky. Okay. (laughs) Ooh la la. All right. Uh, That's Andrew Flint giggling. Andrew, you're not beside Andy in the dungeon, are you? No, no, no. I'm, I'm unfortunately not besides me in the dungeon, so no, I can't see. <laughs> I think Andy can see as keep, well through the mask. Keeping the tactics clean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so someone's tickling Andy there. Um, listen, we're going to start off right away with Andrew Flint, bringing it back in. Andrew, um, this nonsense with the English Premier League charging now for matches. Um, tell us a quick bit about the background and tell us if it's a good or bad thing. Well, in short... The proposal is that all games will now be broadcast live for fans, but they're going to have to pay extra for it. We already know we have Sky Sports News, uh, Sky Sports broadcast a lot, BT Sport broadcast a few games, and the remaining games will be available for a ludicrous price of £15 just for an individual game. Um, now, the the selling point, according to... The broadcasters is that well we want to make sure that fans can see their games and what they're really saying is the clubs are missing out on match day income uh, and 
the poor impoverished Premier League can't do without the match income. Uh, I think it is a scandal, and scandal is the weakest word I could use. It is it's just a scandal of epic proportions that this is even being conceptualised. Um, but and especially when you bear in mind that that the uh, clubs lower down the system have already have platforms for their individual clubs where season ticket holders can redeem the price of their tickets to watch a live stream. Um, but some Premier League clubs are not even refunding season tickets that have been paid for up front. Um, and on top of that, we're now going to have to pay £15 extra. No, it's a bit of a joke. Isolt, um, straight away to you. Um, pay-per-view, are you for or against it? So... Uh, with my love of boxing, pay-per-view events have actually forced me to become someone who goes to events rather than spending the comparatively minor fee on pay-per-view. That's how angry and disenfranchised I am with the idea. But I think in football, there's a few things that really need to be considered. Um, it's a different model, firstly. And the idea that you're not with boxing, people give out about the big fights even being pay-per-view. And they're the one-off. So like... In UFC, when McGregor fought, it was guaranteed you're getting a pay-per-view event because he's the big draw. The same way in boxing, Canelo, you're going to go, he's a, the biggest draw in boxing. If he's fighting, you expect it to be pay-per-view. Ironically, next weekend, there's a lightweight world title uh, unification fight on it, and it's not pay-per-view in Ireland. But with football, you've already paid your subscription to Sky, you've already paid your subscription to BT, and now they're asking for this additional fee. And the difficulty there is that it's not going to be one big match. It, it's going to be a series of games. And the reality is when COVID ends and fans are back in the stadiums, do you think they're suddenly going to go to the broadcasters? OK, guys, you know what? That pay-per-view was lovely during the COVID era. But we're actually going to get rid of it now. We, we, we don't need that extra revenue. This, once it's introduced, it will not go away. This, this, uh, Isold, I think you, you've nailed it on the head. That's not, we, we, uh, that. It, it reminds me of a former late great broadcaster in Ireland, Gay Byrne, when we used to, in Ireland, would be able to talk for, Isold, this is before your time, so don't worry. Uh, you used to be able to talk on the landline, on your phone at home, for <laughs> hours on end, okay, hours on end, and it would be the same price. They started tricking with it, um, like locally, I should say, and then it was, you know, for one hour, and then they made it for 15 minutes, and then it was per minute. And every time, Gay Byrne said, if you allow this to happen, they won't, they, they're not going to go back in it, they're not going to change it, they're not going to make it cheaper, it is going to ruin, like, ruin it. And eventually then they sold off our telecom company to two or yep. three different times, there's so much corruption involved, but like you said, once it's in, it is not going away. Um, Alex B, I mean, you, you are someone who loves paying for pay-per-views and watching fights and so on and so forth. Um, what do you think of, of pay-per-views? Do you think it's something we can do without? Do you think that sports should be on free-to-air TV or on, you know, subscription channels? Uh, yeah, I think I think it's a lot better for them to have these subscription channels because people don't actually have to spend, like, hundreds of dollars every time there's, like, some big event. But obviously, at the same time, that's how, that's how a lot of these leagues make most of their money. So... I don't know if they can figure something out with, you know, like UFC is doing with ESPN Plus. I think that's the best option. How does that work, Alex? Can you just explain to us? Because I, I mean, I, I, I've sort of, I, I'm, I'm subscribed to ESPN. Uh, how does ESPN Plus work for a subscriber? 
Well, again, it's it's very deeply flawed in that it only works within the United States. So I'm not really sure. Uh, yeah, but so it's something that you just get a subscription. I think it's like like six or seven dollars a month, and like through that you get all the they have fight nights and they have pay per view events. So fight nights are just fights that happen every week, and you have access to all of these for seven dollars a month. But for pay per views, you actually have to pay uh, like a fixed amount every time something happens yeah that that is it that is annoying um just quick on that are you for or against that would you really really prefer to have like you know to, to have it that everything is on the, the the subscription channel or do you think that it actually makes sense to have some of them behind a paywall uh, no, actually, I, like, I, I would prefer to be able to just pay like a fixed amount every month okay. to have access to everything. But at the same time, they do have, like, every once in a while, like, a big match happens. And that's just, yeah, I, I think it does make sense for them to charge the amount that they do charge for, like, these big fights or big, you know, any tournaments yep. that are pay-per-view. Okay, that, again, I, you know, because I, I know we've, we've discussed this before on Capital Sports 2.0 during lockdown, and, uh, you know, uh, you make a very good point on that. Um, Andy Mack, of course, your show is behind a paywall, uh, but as you told us, it's only 50 rubles a day, which is, I don't know, 50 euro it's cents, a like a dollar, I don't know, a day. Um, I don't know how you make your money. It must be very high subscriber rate um, or numbers, but tell us, what's your take on this, Andy? Um, I, I, th- I mean, football's a different, a different kettle of fish completely, I think, to other sports. But I think one of the big issues that sport is currently not thinking about is who are the next generation of people that are going to be playing and making the money out of these sports? It's, it's kids. I mean, they can't pay for pay-per-view. Um, so just by putting this behind a paywall, you're losing a huge demographic of children that might get into a sport through watching it. And certainly, I mean, my love of football stemmed from watching Roberto Baggio in the early 90s on free TV, um, which now, I mean, it's, you know, uh, we, we mentioned that if you don't have, if you don't have the money to, to pay for Sky, for BT, then it's something else. It's Amazon, it's this and that, just to watch the sort of regular games that we've, we've been accustomed to watching over the years. It's now costing you upwards of $100 each month just to be able to keep in touch with those games. And then, at the same time, going along to those games has now become so expensive as well. It's, it's cutting out that love of uh, the next generation of kids that are going to be coming into the sport. Again, I think that's a point that you know, people need to understand and take on board that if kids can't see, they cannot be. You know, just put it that way. If they don't have access to, to watching these things, it doesn't matter if it's sport, culture, you know, if you if they don't have it, they're available to say, oh, I want to try that, I want to do that. It's not going to happen. Um, Andrew Flint, uh, for example, I'm going to ask you two small things. Um, first, there was the futsal uh, Champions League semi-finals down in two men last week, uh, or just past few days. Um, what was the was there an attendance at it? And what was it like? Um, well, actually, this was the Champions League semi-final final four it was hosted in Barcelona with no fans oh, sorry, Barcelona, and yeah. we had two yeah we, we had two Russian clubs both making the first appearances the um, well the Communist Party's team they took on the host Barcelona and drew 3-3 after extra time and lost on penalties and Chumen lost to Murcia in the other semi-final 
Um, and the final is being played at the moment, actually. Um, so two Russian clubs in the final four is a, is a decent achievement, but unfortunately, no honours this year round. Okay, and again, I mean, was that how was that shown on? Did you see it on TV, or how did you get a chance to see it? Well, it's the broadcasting model that I find most useful is is online links, and I go to social media networks and um, to find the links for this. What I did this time round was use the the Russian broadcaster Match TV, their app. Um, I paid, I think it's four hundred rubles a month, and I have all of their channels, and that gives me access to. Uh, well, not the English Premier League anymore, but Serie A, French football, uh, MLS, Russian football, um, highlight shows, the lot, and including even relatively obscure events like this um, for £4 a month, £5 a month at most. So I watched it on my phone, could have watched it on my TV, on a smart TV, the lot, very convenient and very, very affordable. Okay, a quick continuation on that. What is your solution for, you know, kind of fair play in terms of uh, sports coverage? Well, I, I think we've got to start with getting rid of this individual match um, pay-per-view system. Because like Esau like has mentioned, it's a, and Andy Mack as well, it's a completely different kettle of fish. So first things first. This and we, I understand this system is under review at the end of this month, so they've got to scrap that to start with. But I do think online broadcasting is the way forward because then you can allow people, in theory, to choose how exactly how much they want to pay. Um, so if you only want one or two games, only pay for a few. Um, and an online broadcaster, I think, is the, is the fairest way forward because it makes it very, um, very manageable. Okay, um, Isol, to you on that. What is your solution um, for 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 the kind of the calamity that could be coming down the line, as Andy Max spoke about? I really liked what Andy was saying there about the online consumption-based option, where you're picking what you want to watch. And I think the more platforms that are available, you're kind of as people stand, they're already subscribing to multiple platforms to get different things. And like, I know myself, I have to have BT, I have to have Sky to watch just the sports I watch. I also last night found myself using Air, which is an Irish broadcaster. I was having to cast something, one of the rugby matches from my phone. And I was going, I'm already paying a huge amount on subscriptions and I still can't get this one match, which out of a series of how many happens to be on another option. And I suppose for people in the current climate, they're already feeling that they're spending a lot of money on various things at home, various subscriptions. And then to see this happen, I think, will, as has already been said by both Andys, essentially, it's going to drive fans from the game. And I think the only people who come out of this looking well at the moment were Leicester, who seemed to be vocal in their opposition to the idea. Yeah, the only, uh, of all the things we can knock Le- Leicester with, I mean, they, they were the one who actually stood up against the rest, because it's driven by the English Premier League, or the English Premier Greed. Um, Alex B, of course, uh, I was going to mention this very, very quickly, because we're not going to discuss it right now, we're going to wait until next week, because of course it is now going into Game 6, uh, LA leading 3-2 against Miami Heat, um, in the... Uh, uh, the NBA playoffs. Um, how are you watching the NBA playoffs? Is it on free to wear TV? Uh, yeah, yeah. You can just watch it on TV anywhere. Really, it's going on on like many channels. Um, but yeah, no, it's been it's been a crazy series so far. LeBron, like the 
Lakers almost won the last game, but in uh, the last five seconds, uh, I mean, it was just the worst play I've ever, I've probably seen all in the past two years. Uh, when with Danny Green and Marcus Morris, and I should just have the time to watch this. Please check this out because okay. that was just—it was painful to watch. Okay, we're going to we're going to try. And uh, Andy Mac, finally to you, um, what is the solution to this? Is it is it all going online, or should people just get off their backsides and go to the stadium? Um, I, I think that is the solution: is to, is to get off your backside and go to the stadium. But obviously, that's almost as expensive as as any subscription these days. Um, I think it's too deep already in terms of the the pay per view. Um, I think what could be done at the moment is rather than that fifteen pound or whatever it is, uh, going directly to a multi millionaire club that's claiming it doesn't have money but is still buying players for sixty, eighty million at two or three a month. I, I think a large cut of that should be going to the lower leagues to help uh, to help keep grassroots and um, semi-professional and lower league professional football going for the next season. Okay, folks, thank you very, very much for that. Of course, the guys will all be back for our big, fat, filthy quiz in uh, after this segment, of course, because we're going to go out right now to Smash Mouth and Can't Get Enough of Your Baby. We're going to come back with Ken, Ma- uh, Ken Matheson and speak about uh, the Dr. Freeman trial and British cycling and issues about, well, what happens when you really, really want to win gold medals and doesn't matter who you step on and whose lives you destroy and whose health you destroy even at that. Um, so, folks, it is 1-0 to Russia in that game. We're going to come back and give you more information about that when we come back from the break. But we are going to go out with Smash Mouth and Can't Get Over You, Baby. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
had enough of you, baby. Turn it up. The one and only English-speaking station in Moscow. With Alan Moore. Okay, folks, we are back. I hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, we're going to speak with Ken Matheson fairly shortly. Um, uh, Double N, we have a score. We, uh, as I mentioned before, we're at the break. It's one nil to Russia. Who has scored? Yeah, exactly. It's Anton Miranchuk's uh, score. So we still have five, five more minutes to go in the first half. Okay. Okay, that is that is very, very good. Okay, thank you for that uh, double N. Okay, folks, uh, before we go to Ken, we're going to have a quick look around the uh, Nations League. Of course, uh, lots of, well, lots of goals going in now. Uh, Hungary 1-0 up against Serbia. That is a bit of a shocker for Serbia. It's good for Hungary and not great for Russia because, of course, Russia played them in Moscow on Tuesday. Uh, Scotland still unable to score a goal. Czech Republic 1-0 up against Israel. No goals, Northern Ireland, Austria. Uh, same in France and Portugal. Uh, a goal, Slovenia 1-up away in Kosovo. Uh, and that's it. The rest of them are still scoreless coming up towards half-time. Um, folks, before we go to Ken, uh, Ken Matheson, we're just trying to get him on the uh, line right now. Um, just a, a bit of background into this Freeman trial and also what Ken himself uh, was able to tell us about the situation uh, surrounding um, you know, cycling in Britain, for example. So Ken had worked uh, with British Cycling from January 99 to December 2002. Now, of course, he's going to say that. He's going to tell us all about that himself. Um, he noticed a lot of intimidating and threatening behaviour and a lot of things that just were not... Uh, conducive to actually health in any way, shape, or form, um, and you know, it's it's kind of something that when you look at sports, top level sport, it shouldn't be like that. It should be okay, uh, competitive, cutthroat, but there at least should be a bit of decency in it. Um, he of course was managing. Uh, he was coaching the Team GB men's road team, uh, also managing them the road program. He was looking after the women's endurance program and the Paralympic team. Now, when he was pushed out of British Cycling, um, you know he was offered terms. He eventually took them. He, sh- in many ways, he shouldn't have. But then again, in that situation, you know you, you kind of do it anyway, um, just to sort of get a bit of peace of mind. He noticed massive discrimination against the British Paralympic team. Um, he said that the world-class guys, the top guys, uh, were working in a bubble, okay? And the managers weren't, weren't supervising them, which is very dangerous, as we know in this day and age, because, you know, things should be looked after, things should be managed, and not allow athletes, basically, to run riot. He said that there were favoured athletes and staff, and they would form little groupings and basically... Uh, bully others all around them. Uh, so that was, again, a, a difficult situation. Um, and when he was kind of pushed into the role of team manager of the Paralympic team, uh, it, you know, it was, it wasn't what he wanted, it wasn't what he needed because he was doing a great job as it was uh, with the role program, but they basically said, nah, he's a bit too Mr. Clean, a bit too Mr. Nice, um, and you know, basically was shoved aside. But, you know, we're going to go through that with him. We're, we're still trying to get him on the line, uh, but we will. Before we do, um, we'll have a little bit of a look at the North American sports scene because, of course, we mentioned the NBA, of course, uh, 2.30 tomorrow morning, game six, game number six. So either the Heat 
draw level at 3-all or they go out and lose 4-2 and the Lakers are well they win a record title is record 13th or 17th we'll have a double check on that double M will have a look at that for us um, is it 13th or 17th title uh, NFL games course going on tonight uh, most of them well into the second half uh, in the fourth quarter the Panthers are at the Falcons in Atlanta uh, two pretty bad teams, but the Falcons are 13-20 down against the Panthers. It is all level 24-24 between the Raiders and the Chiefs. Um, and the Cardinals 24-10 up against the Jets. Jets are just awful. And the Washington football team are losing at home 23-10. So uh, Alexander Zotov is watching this. Alexander, if you're listening to this, if you can say sorry, okay? I Look, I love, I love the, the Reds, well, not Redskins, the Washington football team. I hope that they can actually do something um, because you and your dad both deserve it. Okay, so finally, folks, we have on the line with us, because uh, a little bit of mix-up on my side, as in I get the wrong instructions, but I am, I am delighted to have on with us um, Ken Matheson, all the way from Stoke in England. Ken, thank you so much for taking the time this evening. It's my fault that you were expecting us to chat tomorrow, but it's Sunday instead. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. Um, and I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm delighted and I am, again, I am honoured to speak with you. We, we've had... We've had great guests on so far today um, and everyone who's speaking about how to fix, say, for example, the football transfer system, how to fix football in Russia. Um, I, I've given your background and what happened uh, a wee bit in British cycling um, yeah. and the kind of the thing that still, still the, the word I associate with you. And again, I'll, I'll preface this and say that this isn't associated in a bad way with you, but you said that you know, there was a culture of fear. OK, um, you know, the culture of fear and favour is endemic in British cycling. Um, how bad was it when you were there? OK, um, I'm not sure if it was me that coined that phrase. Um, I Several years ago, I actually wrote that phrase um, in a review that I did um, for, uh, sorry, a statement I did for the review into British cycling. Um, which uh, I think UK Sport carried out, which was a total whitewash, by the way. Um, going back to your question, I I think what I'd like to say at the outset is that we can all be wise in hindsight. Um, and because of the problems that I had psychologically um, as a result of my experiences, and the fact that I'd um, signed a non-disclosure agreement um, and still felt threatened to some extent, I tended to park the whole thing and not think too hard about it. It didn't really do me very much good. Um, but something uh, sparked me to think about it again. And um, as I say, it's, it's easier to be wise in hindsight. And I learned an awful lot um, as a result of sticking my head um, above the parapet. Um, to answer your question specifically, um, what I started to notice when things changed at British Cycling, which was actually quite early on in the programme, um, is that people disappeared for no apparent reason. 
Uh, when I say disappeared, I, I don't mean completely. I mean lost, <laughs> I lost say, the jobs. Yeah, this is good. I, I was going to say uh, that's probably not the best thing to 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 say on Russian radio because <laughs> I mean, you know, let's let's let's. But I know what you mean that they were basically removed from their positions, like yeah, kind of um, without notice. Yeah, and you know, I'm an older bloke, um, and I tried to help people as as you know you would help any colleague. Uh, and being an older bloke, I think I heard more from people. But I, I had the odd person saying to me, you know, I, um, I've lost my job. Do you know why? Um, and I would say, well, what were you told? Well, I was just told to resign. Well, you can't just be told to resign. What reasons were given? Um, I was told that um, I couldn't divulge the reasons. Um, initially, you tend to think, well, they must have done something wrong, otherwise that kind of thing wouldn't happen. But it did, um, and, in, and increasingly. And um, I actually left under a compromise agreement. Uh, my uh, mental health was suffering, um, and the HR department uh, decided that um, a compromise agreement was the, was the way out. I hadn't resigned. There was no reason to fire me. The solicitor advised that I should have gone to tribunal, uh, because he had several other cases. Um, but that, that all sorts of strange things were happening um, to people, and I was quite confused by it. I thought at first it was just simply that this particular person was trying to clear a path um, to the top uh, for himself, and that uh, he was simply clearing away people that uh, perhaps stood in his way. But some of them clearly didn't stand in his way, and that, uh, that didn't entirely make sense to me. Um, it's only much later that I realised, uh, when I looked at the way things had gone, who'd disappeared, um, who'd been employed, uh, which were basically this person's mates, um, who all, you know, owed each other something, um, and, and I suppose basically it was a takeover. Um, what later became clear was that UK Sport were well aware of all of this. Um, and I suppose to take it to its ultimate conclusion, um, I took part in all sorts of um, uh, reviews, um, provided statements to solicitors for various cases and so on. And Ultimately, there was this um, DCMS review, uh, the Department of Culture, Media and um, Sport. Sport, sorry, yes. <laughs> um, there were two reviews, um, and part of it was doping. And I and several other people um, provided um, statements to the committee, um, and... Um, we were told that um, the the statements would be published in uh, the report, which you know, which pleased me no end. Um, that the, the some of the truth would start to uh, to come out. But um, in what's called um, Maxwellization, um, those statements had to be issued to the um, uh, accused party for comment. Um, and did we agree? Yes, we agreed. Um, they were still going to be published. And at the 11th hour, um, I got an email from um, 
the chairman of that committee, Damien Collins, uh, that they weren't going to publish. And I was furious because already uh, this person was briefing the press um, against me um, and others. Eventually, I went down to see Damien Collins in Westminster. I had a long conversation with him, told him what I thought about everything. And his closing comment was, well, I don't suppose anybody cares as long as we're still winning medals. And that was the end of the journey for me. Listen, Ken, this is... Uh, OK, you, you you grew up, you worked in, spy, in cycling, you, lo- you know, loved cycling, you worked at the highest level of cycling. Um, did you lo- lose your love for the sport? Um, well, I lost my love for the competitive side of the sport. Um, the sport is such that you can do it on all sorts of levels, recreation, um, companionship, um, fitness, um, commuting and that sort of thing. So I never stopped riding a bike. It's a sport I've always loved. Um, I'm back with the competitive side of it now in the sense that I'm a fan, uh, but I can see through it uh, much better than I ever could in the past. Again, it's like you say, hindsight is twenty twenty. Because I mean, it is. again, I grew up as you. Well, you're a wee bit older than me, but you, you'd remember, of course, when for Ireland, when we had the great, you know, kind of cyclists coming through. Like I mean, Kelly Roach, um, you know, Kimmage early. We we had guys that we were genuinely in love with that we were proud of. Yes. And then yeah. as time went past, and of course, Paul Kimmage told his tales of of the peloton. We're kind of going, oh my god! Like you know, you start to go. I, I mean, I, I mean, I this year I watched the Tour de France and I enjoyed it, but at the same time, as with you, I my eyes were open and I enjoyed it for what it was, and actually enjoyed more the scenery than anything else. But um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, France is always beautiful. Um, Ken, um, what's happening now with with Richard Freeman? Uh, is this another kind of you know person being hung out to dry, being kind of pushed into a difficult situation? Or, 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 or what's your take on it? Because he he's, mm. he destroyed all these things of test to gel. He ordered things he can't remember. He destroyed his laptop with a screwdriver and um, because he was afraid that young teenage Indian hackers would get into his information. Um, what, what's, what's going on? What's going on? Just make sense, because I'm, I'm really lost with it this past week. Well, n- nobody can make any sense of it except the, uh, the perpetrators. It makes absolutely no sense, because here you've got a guy who is supposedly defending himself um, against the claim by the uh, GMC that um, he'd ordered uh, prohibited substances for athletes um, with no medical need, um, and so he's about to lose his license. You've got probably the foremost um, um, attorney defending uh, the, the, the medical profession in Mary O'Rourke and the guy gets on the stand and actually more or less says yes I'm a bad doctor uh, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really it doesn't really make any sense the, the, the only two definites in this seem to be that um, Freeman's uh, credibility is being destroyed uh, as has been uh, Shane Sutton's uh, those are the only two definites uh, in it. Um, and I'm not quite sure what the outcome's going to be, you know, whether Mary O'Rourke um, wants to show that um, the tester gel was for Sutton and Sutton's simply a liar. 
in which case, I think Freeman would have done a much better job of defending himself, but he doesn't seem to be defending himself at all, quite the opposite. Yeah, it just seems um, like he's just, he, he, he's, I don't know, making himself out to be a complete fool. But then again, I don't know. It, it, it you know, we had the same, of course, with, uh, I always termed the forgetful Dr. Rob Chakravarty, who, of yeah. course, only recently was removed as doctor for the English football team, who, of course, had worked previous with Sam Allardyce in, in uh, Bolton. He'd worked with the British Athletics team, and he couldn't remember giving um, high doses of, a, you know, well, it was prohibited to give high doses of, of a substance, a performance-enhancing drug, to Mo Farah. I mean, that's, that's not... Well, you don't believe it, do you? You simply exactly. don't believe I mean, and, I mean, and if, conveniently didn't keep any records. I mean, Ken, it's just, a, look, it's, it's baffling. Ken, look, we, we're going to have to go away in a moment, but I, I want to ask you, before I look, I want to get you back on again because it's, it's an absolute honour to have you on the show with us. And I want to just ask, um, is it worth it chasing all those medals and putting people's physical and mental health at risk? No. No. Um... I don't know how much time I've got, but what I would like to say is that um, this is a sport and a coaching profession that I sort of devoted, um, I was going to say my lifetime to, I've certainly devoted my lifetime to the sport. Um, as a coach, I've, well, I was a coach for over 30 years. Um, I was probably naive, but I believe that uh, when I joined British Cycling as the um well, I was initially the, the road coach, but my role changed quite a bit. I was the performance director's right-hand man, effectively. Um, and um, I joined believing that this was basically um, an amateur part of the sport. Um, we, we were going to be shielded from what went on in the professional world, which I was fully aware of, but never part of. Um, and, and this was something different, you know, I'm old enough to think of the Olympic Games still as being what the amateurs aspired to, not the professionals, but of course it's an open sport and I think that's what's led to a lot of our problems, well, that, that's another story altogether. Um, but I believed that we would simply do a lot better and initially we, we did do better in what I believe was a clean environment. When I saw the number of medals being won, I thought, ah, ah, this, you can't do this. <laughs> you can't win such vast numbers of medals and be doing it in, in an honest way. So I was immediately suspicious by that, but, but I had no evidence. What I would say is that um, the damage uh, to individuals has been horrendous and the stories are rarely written because there's too much um, going on um about the you know ref reflected glory from uh, from gold medals um but there's there's been a lot of personal damage uh, done as a result of this worse than that i would say that the sports have been damaged yeah um the the money has gone to the top it's not gone to grassroots Gra grassroots is withering um and um you know who's going to be inspired uh, to to participate in some of these sports when they read such horror stories about you know the bullying in gymnastics and rowing and so on and and so forth sport in the uk has been damaged by this it hasn't been enhanced um but the and i will say it the government has actually benefited uh from its investment in sport um by using sport as a political weapon 
and um, we've been proud of all the medals and that's great but but it's worn out now the time's passed and we need to do something about it listen on that note Thank you so much, Ken, for your time. Um, look, I'm going to get you back on again. If, you, if, you, if This time I'll, I'll send you the right time and the right day, okay. especially. Thank you so much. And listen, take care of yourself and those around you, OK? All right. Thank you, Ken. You're welcome. Thanks, Alan. Cheers. Cheers. That is Ken Madison. Matheson. We're going to go straight to the break with the Caesars and jerk it out back with our Big Fat Filthy Quiz. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. <laughs>
with Alan Moore. Okay, welcome back, folks, to part six of our show this evening. I hope you enjoyed that last bit with Ken Matheson again. Uh, you know, we like to sort of like kick Russia a bit, and Russia deserves a right kick. And sometimes for the way sports is being done, we we criticise it here on the show this evening. Um, but again, we have to have a look around the place and see where we can find a bit of balance, and also how to do things a wee bit better, and you know, kind of aspire to better. Right, uh, the favourite part of our show this evening, uh, Double N. You love this part of the show, don't you? The quiz. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, the quiz. So, we are. We have. We have a special guest, and we're going to introduce him in just a moment. Uh, first, go to um, see if he's still back with us. Alex B, you're there. Alex B, are you there? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you, Alex B. Um, Double N is here with us. He's going number two in the quiz this evening. Uh, Peter P, you're there. The champ is here, indeed. Okay, let's see who's going to take you down tonight. Take you down to part... No, take you down to Payne Town. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, <laughs> right, quickly, quickly going on. Um, Andrew Flint, you are there with us? I certainly am. Okay. Um, Carl Breen, chairperson of the Moscow Shamrocks, you are there with us this evening? Ready to go, Alan, ready to go. Lovely. Listen, Carl, um, Moscow Shamrocks, uh, both myself and Double N, of course, uh, love playing with the Moscow Shamrocks. Um, how can people go out and have a taste of Gaelic football? Because it's for men and women. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's very easy. Um, we, we train every, every Sunday at 10.30 uh, at Locomotive. Um, so we've got a beautiful setting. We've got a beautiful pitch there. Everybody's welcome. And, uh, you know, everybody starts from scratch so it doesn't matter if you've never picked up a ball before ever seen a ball or anything like that we'll guide you the whole way through good listen um, and also how can um, to the, what, to the, you know, what, uh, what, what lovely that's okay that's good and uh, what what um, where can people find out more about it like what what's the uh, the like say the, the you were on Instagram as well that's right yeah. we're on Instagram as uh, Masco under underscore uh, Shamrocks uh, we've got a Facebook page as well, same thing, Moscow Shamrocks, uh, and we're on Twitter also. So we've, we've kind of nailed all the social media on the head there. <laughs> that is lovely. Okay, thank you, Carl. Very best of luck this evening. Thanks. Andy Mack, you know, talking about nailing things down and um, ball play, you're, 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 you're getting a bit nervous. <laughs> I am now. <laughs> Iselt, you're there. And Iselt, um tell me, what do you think of Cork as a county and people from Cork? They're they're just all lovely, lovely people. And <laughs> Moscow Shamrocks. <laughs> you two-faced. I to can't be, believe. To be fair, no, I think we all know my feelings on Cork and that it should it should definitely be its own republic. And ideally, we should build a wall. But look. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Okay, all right, uh, Easel Trump. Okay, folks, we're going to start off. Uh, you have to fill in the second part, so it'll actually be the city name of the team for Russian Cup finalists from 1992. Okay. Uh, so, starting off with Alex B. Alex B, the first name of the team, okay, and then you're going to have to tell me the city. So, Terek. To Terek Grozny. Good man yourself, well done. Yeah. Uh, good man, okay, double N, Amkar. Amkar, uh, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. No, well, then say uh. it. Amkar Perm. Very good, yeah. very good. He did that without Google. Well done. Yeah. He's here, here. I'm watching him in the studio. Right. Peter P. Sibir. Um, Sibir. Uh, damn. That's the um, Omsk, maybe, or something like that. 
No, it's Novosibirsk. Oh, the champ oh. is behind. The champ is on the ropes. Yeah, he's the man who claims to be the champ. Yeah, he's I on the ropes. I'm, I'm just letting it go easy. The for paper this. champ. Yeah. Wait, wait for the comeback. I'm, one I'm and done. Say, one and done, baby. Okay, Andrew Flint. Angie. Mahachkala. Well done. You said it nice as well. Carl. Rubin. Uh, <laughs> it's not on the tip of my tongue, I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> is it cork? <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, no, that's the missing word you get the extra point for if it's funny, but no. So, Rubin, go on, give us a go. One city in Russia, Rubin. Uh, let's go, Kazan. Oh my wow. goodness, you got it! Really? Yeah, oh well done. <laughs> All right, Andy Mack, Avant Garde. Uh, Kursk. Cork? You say Cork or Kursk? No. Cursing. More, more like a curse. 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 Very good. And finally, for our legal eagle, Isil <laughs> Cody. He, he said, Kuban. Kuban is Krasnodar. I think that's how you pronounce it. Krasnodar. Should we get a double N? Should we give it a point for that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you right, accepted okay. an answer from a man with a Cork accent. I definitely <laughs> All right, okay. We've no like uh, inter inter. We won't have any inter county hatred here going on. Right. Uh, now on to the missing words. Straight away to Alex B. Alex B. I think you have this one. You will get this one. This is from the BBC website. Lewis Hamilton hopes to equal Shumi's, uh, that's obviously Michael Schumacher, record to boost what? To boost his ego. I'm giving you a point for that. I'm giving you a point for that. And actually, you're going to be so shamed when you hear this. It's the anti-racism fight. <laughs> so, so I, I get, yeah, okay, all right. Um, I, I, listen, you, one doesn't exclude the other. <laughs> listen, you want people to, like, first you put a, a hit out on Georgians. You hate Welsh people. I don't know. Oh, that was Peter. Sorry, hating my people. Right, uh, double N, a question for you. Pacquiao, that's Manny, um, reveals rented videos of Tyson, that's Mike Tyson, uh, inspired him to what? Um, I, I won't say uh, make a tattoo, face tattoo, but I'll go with uh, coming back to bo boxing. Coming back. You should have stuck with the former one. This the first one All is right. better. I'll, ah, All, right. <laughs> All right, I'll give you a point for it. It's actually to become a boxing great. Okay, become a boxing great. Right, Peter P, this is a, an English soccer one for you. I know you love English soccer, English Premier League. Um, oh, oh boy, I do. Yeah, Arsene Wenger tells Arteta how Arsenal can what out of Mesut Ozil? Get rid. <laughs> get rid. <laughs> it's actually get the best out of it, but I'm going to give you a point. So you're on the board. You're on the board. Right. Um, Andrew Flint. Paris is what for Russian women? Be very careful with this. Very careful. <laughs> very careful, I'm telling you. Get it. This is the problem with you hosting, Alan. When you say careful, you've got to be... It's impossible to know which innuendo is coming next. Um, <laughs> Paris is, is perfect for Russian ladies. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not good. No, that's not even funny. No, it's not. It's, it is cold for Russian women. It's about the um, uh, only oh, Katya Alexandrova. She made the third round of the uh, French Open in Roland Garros. So, yeah, it's cold, cold. Okay, so uh, I can't give you a point for that. Uh, Carl, over to you. 
This is this yeah. is a good one. Okay, this is from North American Sports. Okay, this is from ESPN website. The ESPN website. It says, "Start spreading the what?" And again, be careful. Start spreading the love. No, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Start spreading the news. Yeah, well, the, what sounds like news, but it's not a good thing to hear in a stadium. <laughs> Oh, no. All right. News, I'll give you a point for it, okay? It's actually start spreading the booze, okay? Start spreading. Not um, alcohol, but booze as in boo. Uh, because the Jets, uh, yes. the Jets and the Giants are a combined 0 and 8 in the NFL so far this season. Okay. Andy Mack, you're going to love this one. This is from uh, College Football. This is from College Football Review. Um, Pickens, okay? This is a wide receiver for Georgia. Gets unsportsmanlike penalty for squirting what on Tennessee's quarterback? Festive joy. <laughs> that was me, sorry. No, I'm giving you a point for it. It's water. He squirted him with water and he's given a penalty. I mean, I don't know. It's just mental. Right, uh, <clears throat> Isil Cody, you have a chance to sneak out into the front if you get this one correct. Grealish, Jack Grealish, of course, a former Irish player, out to emulate Gaza and Waza by what? Well, ironically, given that all three of them could have played for Ireland by becoming England's main man, and Jack Grealish did play for Ireland at one stage at one level, I'm still bitter. Okay, so you, what's your answer? It's by becoming England's main man. I'll give you a point. It's Maverick Star. Maverick Star. There you go. So uh, that was actually, it was actually. Yeah, it was. you made it very nice, but okay. Right, we're now on to the final round. Uh, this is worth five points, so anyone can win at this stage. Uh, even Peter P, he can make a massive comeback. Um, starting off with Alex B. Alex is on two points at the moment. Uh, Alex, this is the European Football Championships from 1988 onwards. So, uh, question is this. Who won the 1988 European Football Championship? Holland or the Soviet Union? Holland. Oh, baby. Well done. Five points. Well done. No, damn well it wasn't the Soviet Union. <laughs> Stop hating. Stop hating. Right. No, uh, <laughs> double N. Denmark won the 1992 Euros. They replaced which team? Was it Yugoslavia or the Soviet Union? Uh, I'd go with Yugoslavia. Oh, do- oh, my God. It's a tie for first at the moment. Okay. Well done. Five points. Right. Peter P, you're, you're, you won't win, but you, you can... Get a respectable, respectable uh, placing in this. Um, in 1996, the European final finals had how many teams? 12 or 16? Uh, let's go with uh, 16. And you went well. Well done. That was the first time it moved from 8 to 16. Of course, the Euro finals in England. Well done. Uh, Andrew Flint. Andrew, this is, you're fighting for respectability. You're trying to pull level with uh, Peter P. Um, uh, okay. What were the odds of Greece winning the European Championships in 2004? Was it 50 to 1 or 150 to 1? Oh, 50 to 1, I think. You thought wrong. You should have thought differently. It was one hundred and fifty to one. There you go. Andy Mack put like he put he put his piggy bank money on it. He was a child and he put money on it. But you know, there you go. Uh, <laughs> all right, Carl. I had, my, I had my communion money on it. There you go. I still thought you had your communion money since you've been you're Scottish. No. 
<laughs> okay, sorry. Cheeky. <laughs> All right. Uh, Carl, Carl, you have a chance to like pull into the lead with this one as well. Uh, nice handy one for you. Poland and which other country hosted the 2012 Europeans? Was it the Czech Republic or Ukraine? Uh, Czech Republic? Or Ukraine? Yeah, I'm going to say Czech Republic. <laughs> you should have said Ukraine. <laughs> I was trying to give you a was chance. Was that a big hint? Was it by any it chance? It was. I was trying to help our newbie out. Okay, Andy Mack, you, you're, you're still in there with a shout. Um, the Okay, here we go. Uh, the 2012 Euros were the second co-hosted finals. True or false? Um, Belgium, Netherlands, Austria, False. Well done, good man yourself. Yes, of course, uh, it was false. You you got it right. Okay, Isolt, you can still you know, pull level in this. Who scored the winner in the 2016 final? Oh, God. Okay, the final. I Is it Edder or Nanny? I should have I'm said. I'm going to Edder. Well done. No, Ed. I'm not. Oh, am I? No, I'm going to stick. Oh God, well, like thank God you did. It was Edder, correct? The uh, locomotive player. Well done. <laughs> well, listen, I did, it's, it's a tie between um, five of you. Okay, five of you are on seven. No, sorry, Peter P and uh, Peter P is on. Oh, here we go. Alex B is on seven. Double N is on seven. Uh, Andy Mack is on seven. Eastlet is on seven. Um, Peter P is on six. Andrew's on one. Carl's on two. Uh, I'm going to declare Double N the winner because he's here in the studio. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I'm sorry. I'm just going to give him the win. Folks, thank you very, very much. Uh, take care of yourselves. And of course, we'll have the quiz back next week. All enjoy it? Yep. Yes. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. Okay. I feel, like, I feel like I've been snubbed. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we'll be back with you guys next week. Okay. Folks,